Hello everyone and welcome to episode 9 of Pnimius, the down-to-earth Hasidus podcast. Uh, before we dive into the concept of today, I would like to thank all those who contact me with questions, concepts, uh, positive feedback, also negative feedback would help. It's always constructive. And please don't forget to forward it, to post it on your status. And of course, why not to sponsor one of the classes so we can sustain it throughout time, time, Bez uh, Hashem. All right, we're in the second part of Dveikus. We spoke last week about the, the Rebbe's explanation on the word Dveikus, that attaching to Hashem means when you're so connected that you become transparent, you become one with Hashem. You're the cable that's near the the power station, but so near that it, like you go back all the way to be inside of the Tachanat Koach, and you become literally part of Hashem with a conscious Islahavus and excitement and fire to the point that you become transparent to the godly light and Hashem literally shines through you to the world. Now, I want to bring two concepts, uh, connect this idea with two concepts that actually were brought to my attention by two listeners. Um, and thank you for that. By the way, if you want me to say your name, you, you should tell me. Um, I don't know why everyone's so afraid of putting their name out there. Um, it's a, there is a Maimer Chazal that says, Megalgelim schus al yedei zakai v'choivu al yedei chayev. Min the way it works is that although we have free choice v'chiro chofshis, Hashem rolls about the reality of life in a way that positive deeds will be done by positive people and negative deeds will be done by negative people, which means you get to choose in which part, in which side of the game you play. And according to your choice, Hashem will guide you in that very way. And the way that you choose to go, that's the way that Hashem will make you go. So the simple translation of this concept is that if you're a good person and you're looking to do good deeds, then Hashem will put in front of you situations where you can help someone save a life, I don't know, save uh, the parnos of a family or whatever it is, a help a sick person, etc. Hashem will put the mitzvahs on your way, and if you choose to Hashem do uh, harm or negative things, then Hashem will give you opportunities for that as well. But if we focus on the translation of the word and, and, and perhaps the, the Hasidic interpretation of the word zakai, zakai means not only a person with a lot of merit, like schus, like a, uh, a person with merit will merit to do good deeds, but also the word zakh in Hebrew means pure, refined, transparent, like shemen zai zakh, like pure, genuine extra virgin olive oil, it's called Shemenzait Zach. Zach is this absolute purity. Now, when you're in this state of what's what's purity in the literal, in the most literal sense of the word, it means clean. Clean means like a clean window as opposed to a dirty window where the light can go through. And in that sense, if you're Zakai, if you're pure, if you're clean, if you're uh, an empty tzinor, like we spoke, like we said uh, last week, then Hashem's blessing will go through you. And that's why Megal Gelim 
How? Alidei zakai. Because the positive things are also clean things. So if you clean and let the light of Hashem go through without meddling, without putting inside your, your self-interest, your convenience, what do I get from it? Uh, what's in it for me? If we, if we can rise a little above our own limit, uh, limitations and convenience and tithes and retzoyness, etc., then we can be a, a proper passage for the godly light. And the other concept that connects with this idea uh, was also brought to me by a listener, is that in the, it says that in the Beis Amikdosh there were ten nisim, right? There were ten miracles in the Beis Amikdosh. One of those was that loy omar odom never anyone said I feel uh, I feel uncomfortable. I feel it's tsar. Tsar means um, narrow. It's a narrow place. I feel it's narrow in Yerushalayim. You have to think about this. When, when there was a Liala Regel, when Eden came for the three Regolim to the Beis Amikdos, there were probably hundreds of thousands of people. And the Harabais is not so big. The Beis Amikdos is a big, beautiful building, but it wasn't that big to, to be able to have inside 200,000 people and each one with their one or two corbones, right? With animals and whatever. It, it was impossible. And yet, no one ever complained that it was uncomfortable. Now, we know this, it's an established concept by the Rambam that all the miracles that we find in Torah, interestingly, they're all miracles that happen between Hashem and nature. Because to some extent, nature is Hashem's extended arm and therefore Hashem can change it uh, according to uh, his desire and yet we don't find miracles with people. We always ask if Hashem is so big and nah, 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 why didn't he change the mind of that bad person? And so we didn't, why didn't Hashem uh, make the, 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 I don't know, the Nazim do tshuva and therefore there wouldn't be such a horrible disaster. And the answer is, the Rambam says, Hashem doesn't make miracles with people because that's the whole point of the game, that Hashem gives free choice and free choice is yours to use and if he's going to meddle he's going to uh, change everything on the game you can change the rules of the game in the middle and therefore Hashem lets the Bechir Chovshis run its course and so how come this is one of the ten miracles that that no one ever and, and besides for it like how come no one complained like there was no one with the claustrophobia nobody that you know like some people don't like uh, a lot of you know pushing and and, and and being with tons of people around and and, and it's hot and it, everyone's sweaty and you start imagining a little bit and it's, it's like a little uncomfortable. And yet, that was a miracle. But I would say, I would suggest that miracle in this case is like the second explanation you see this of the word Ness. The Ness doesn't only mean miracle. Ness also means elevation, like a very high place on a post. Ness means like a very elevated thing. And what was the Ness? The elevation. The Isalus, the refinement, the Zakus Ubehirus, the clarity and transparency that Eden would reach in the Beis Amikdosh, they would all gather together and be so into this Dveikus and Islahavus, this attachment and passion. They're so connected with what's happening, which is so much bigger than themselves. And to an extent that you don't care anymore. You don't complain anymore. The little is like the Rebbe says regarding some other, another topic. 
that if you're making a million dollars, you wouldn't mind dropping a penny if it's part of the process. Like you, not only you wouldn't mind, you don't even pay attention. It doesn't, it's not tough as mockery. True, they're pushing me. True, it's hot and whatever. But how would I complain if I'm like, like you're being a little pushed and you're making $20 million? Would you complain? Well, this is so much more than that. When you're so connected with, with the essence of, of Elokus, nothing matters. What do you care if you're being pushed? They're not gonna complain. And that's the miracle, the elevation. By the way, those who were like, like in 770, I remember in, in, in Tishrei, Nundalet, I was by the Rebbe. And, and I remember when the Rebbe came out in Simchastoira, to the balcony it was, and the Rebbe came out for Hakofes. There was so many people, so many people. And it was the first, my first time in 770, not but I got there for, uh, before Tishrei for the first time. And I, Baruch Hashem, I had this chus to see the Rebbe with the physical eyes. And it was so full that I remember I was standing for about five, six minutes without my feet touching the floor. Literally, I was literally hovering above the earth, physically and spiritually. <laughs> and you didn't care. And besides for the, the cute and, and funny sensation and surprise and it would make us laugh, like the, the spiritual sensation of not caring because you're having a coffee with the Rebbe and you're looking at the Rebbe's face, it, it, it was so strong and all the chsidim and the nigunim, the isalus, that the moment of the vacuous was so big that nobody cared that there is no space. And this is basically the idea of the vacuous. Now we said that in this podcast, uh, I, would, I would explain how we get there what's the way to get there and although there is no of course there's no magic one-click solution but there is an explanation we started with the Arizal last week and the explanation also comes from the Arizal and the answer is choosing happiness happiness choosing happiness and I'll tell you why I, I chose the word choosing <laughs> the Arizal was asked by one of his Talmidim I don't know which, but I thank him for having the, the I don't know if it's called chutzpah or whatever, to, to inquire in a tzaddik's experience. He's like, Rebbe, I don't know what they would call harav, what they would call the Arizal. How, like, how did you get this to this level of nevuah? Like the Arizal literally, it says in like, they wrote it. They wrote it in books. They left the they left it, it's reported, it's written, that the Arizal would like literally see the future and tell people about their previous Gilgulim and understand the conversation of animals and, and speak to Malochim in real time. It was like insane, the clarity and the connection between all the worlds, uh, the, the level of Nevuah that he had. And so they asked him, how did you get to that? And the Arizal said, through Simcho Shal Mitzvah. I love these stories. I, I really love it. It's like, when they asked the Baal Shem Tov how he, what's his secret, the Baal Shem Tov said, simple Abbas Israel. They didn't tell you the deep and complex equations of Kabbalistic knowledge that they knew and how they, the secrets of how to pull the strings. Why? Why didn't they say that? Because they want to keep the secret from us? No, because clearly that's not what it is. The, 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 the true source of this connection with Hashem is the happiness, is the exaltment, the enthusiasm with life, with mitzvahs, living in a full, complete, wholesome 
happy way with Hashem and loving every moment and connecting to Hashem at every moment. Like the story of the Rebbe, when they ask her, what's the highest experience, the highest moment of your life? And she, with a half a smile, said, like, right now. <laughs> when you live like that, you are at the level of Nevoah. And, and all the, the, the equations, the Kabbalistic secrets and whatever, they're just a secondary detail. And the Rebbe explains that that's why the name of the, the Arizla was Itzchak. Itzchak means they will laugh. And that's what Sarah said when she had Itzchak, when, when she was told that she's going to have Itzchak, she's like, what, at the age of 90 I'm going to give birth to a child? Whoever hears is going to have a blast. People will laugh. They won't believe it. And that's exactly what it means, Baruch News 2, says the Rebbe. There is such big revelation of godly light in the Torah of the Arizal that whoever hears those concepts, whoever sees through the glasses of Chsides and Kabbalah, Itzachak will laugh. We live in a constant way of laughter. And therefore, if you're in that constant way of laughter, it means you're seeing through. And that's the Nebuah. This connects with what the Zoyer says, that when a person shines and illuminates, when his face down here shines, then the face of above also shines to him. Shining face means happiness, but not just being happy, happy being content, feeling full inside, not having... Uh, not giving in to the clippers of fear, of jealousy, of negativity, complaining, etc. When, when your face is shining, Hashem will show you a shining face. And that's why I said choosing happiness. Because this way of life is a choice. Circumstances will not always be perfect. But you chose how to react to them. And if you choose the transparency of connection with the locus, and that means trusting and having bitochen and emun and therefore being happy all the time, then, then you're, you're at this, then you reach this level of dveikus. Now, what is the effect of this dveikus on the world? Is it just a, like a personal convenience if I get to this elevated Hasidic uh, nirvana but with connection to the world like we explained last week? Um, I became a better person, I became more elevated, I became in a sweeter state, I, I live with happiness and I'm connected and I do everything good. But does that affect only me? Or how does it look in the connection? How does the connection of such person with the world looks? And, and to explain this, I'll bring another concept that's based on the, on the writings of the Arizal. It's brought in Kabbalah that there is a thing called Shira and a thing called Zimra. And within Shira, there are four levels. We have two words to, to say singing or music. Shira means a song. And Zimra, I don't know if it means music, I don't know the exact English translation. But in any case, once you know, you hear the concept, you understand which word to use for it. Um, Zimra is any music, any uh, connection of notes that make sense to our brain and awakens certain emotions. 
So uh, everything, all the noises, all the musical notes are basically different noises. But if we combine them in a certain way, then then make sense to our soul, just like letters. We speak with letters. If I order the letters differently, I'll, something else will come out. And therefore the idea and therefore the reaction that the idea will provoke in you will be different. Um, and if I say the words like this, then it will mean something else. Now, when you say nice words, oh, that whatever you say, that was so nice. But if I use the same letters or even sometimes the same words in a different order, it won't be so nice. So the, the connection and the way we connect these rhythms, uh, they're called zimro. A zimro is an organized uh, collection of musical tones that make sense to our head and, and to our brain and to our soul and awaken uh, whichever emotion, happiness or nostalgia or whatever any other emotion. But Shiro is a different thing. And in Shiro there are four levels. What is Shiro? Shiro is the song that, that happens by itself. Not by itself meaning automatically, but genuinely and naturally. It's the song that your nefesh sings. When you're in a state of wholeness, when you're in a state of connection, when you're in a state, in a state of dvekus, your nefesh sings. Uh, um, like, um, like in Chsides, there is a, a, a diuk, I don't know how to translate this because it's more like in Yiddish. Uh, the famous nigun of the Chsidim of the Tzemach Tzedek, es nes zich, shlof and shlof zich, was omentona sedaven zich nisht. It doesn't say, uh, Essen, eating, we eat, sleeping, we sleep. Oi, 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 what can we do? Like a complaint, like a whatever, that we don't daven so well. That's not the translation because eating, sleeping, davening is an active uh, verb. And the translation, the correct translation of the Yiddish, shlof zich or daven zich, is that the thing happens by itself. How come when I try to sleep, it sleeps? by itself, it happens. When I want to eat, it, it, it's like natural. It's automatic, it's, 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 I don't have to convince myself, I don't have to make a holy spoinenus in a meditation and understand that the vitamins of the apple I'm about to eat will give me nutrients which will translate into antioxidants will, which will kill the, the free uh, radicals in my blood uh, stream and, and, and it will help me become healthier. I don't need to do a holy spoinenus to convince myself. I see an apple, it happens. It's me and the apple, so when there is me and an apple, something automatic happens, which is she becomes part of me. <laughs> it becomes, but I eat it. It's automatic. I go to sleep, I sleep. All the physical processes are automatic. Why aren't the Ruchnius process automatic? Why don't I feel that my soul sings by itself? Why doesn't it daven? Why, why, why isn't the daven? And that, that's the, the meaning of the, the Nigun. I'm not. I'm not focusing on the question why not. The point here is that when the nefesh is in a pure state, when you're clean, when the window is open, automatically there will be light in the room. When your window is open to a locus, automatically there will be smile, there will be being nice to others, there will be being able to do a favor to someone without looking for something in exchange because automatically you're like the nefesh sings. Now in that song, there are four madregas. And listen to this concept, it's amazing. The first one is called Shira So Odom. 
the song of the person. The person sings, which means what we just explained. The person has achieved his connection with his neshama. He fulfilled the lech lecho in the chesidish apirush, like chesidish brings it from the alshich. That lech lecho means go to yourself, find your own soul, connect to your etzem and neshama. Don't live according to the chitzonius aspect of, of the superficial perspective or perception you have of yourself, but instead connect to your neshama. And, and when you connect it like that, the correct poil mamesh, it's, it's a direct toitso, it's a direct consequence, because you're connected that way automatically, tzasimtzach, like you, you'll be singing, you'll be doing the right stuff. That's shira sodom, that's a person's song. And when you live like this, your life looks like a song. It's a whole bunch of noises that they're not separated. They're beautiful notes that make a music. Instead of being like, you know, when we, the ones who don't play piano, we try to sometimes like, <coughs> and sometimes our lives look like that when we're not connected. But when you're connected with this level of vacus, the notes are in place and the music sounds normal and good and pleasurable and gives a tiny win and to the Evishter and to the world. Then there is the second level that it's called the, the, the song of the nation, Shiraz Ho'umo, the song of Am Yisrael. Now you're not singing your own song. Now you're, you're, you recognize yourself as a Lego piece of a huge structure. Not only a huge structure in place, but also a huge structure in time. You're part of an historical journey thousands of years of even doing the avoido and you find yourself in this time and in this place and for some time 120 years you're on this earth and you get the opportunity to take the candle a step forward it's just like um i remember like in camp you know those games that you give the kid and some of your some of the listeners are in camp now uh like one kid has like a candle and he has to run and give it to the other one and make sure that it doesn't turn off and then keep on running so now it's your turn. They gave you the candle and you got 120 years to make it advance for the group. Now you're not just singing your song, you're singing the, 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 the Amisrael song. And that's huge. Because the responsibility and of course, therefore the schus is in a whole different level. Then we have the third level, which is deeper and wider because it's deeper, it could be wider. It's called the song of humanity, the the shira so, but uh, um, of Odom, but in the Odom Akloli, you're singing the song of humanity. Now you see yourself as responsible, not just for yourself, responsible the Ruchnius, of course, in the Ruchnius sense of the, but also Begashvis, but in the Ruchnius sense of the of the word. But not only for yourself. And, and when you say yourself, it's interesting. There is no in-between level that says family or community because I guess family and community still applies to the Shiraso Odom Aproti uh, because like, if your family is doing well, then you're doing well. And if your community is good and you feel happy and part and, and connected, whatever, then you're happy with your life, obviously. Um, so it's part of your personal thing but then you're also responsible for the whole of Amisrol and then you're responsible and you feel part and you feel you have a, to have an influence on the whole entire humanity 
this is where the Rebbe doing the Mivtoim with, with, uh, with Sheva Mitzvah B'nai Noach comes from. As I always tell my, as I always tell my Tamilim, I remember when the Mivtoim came out, people were so surprised, let alone those who don't understand the Rebbe or don't have the Kabbalah soil to do what the Rebbe says when they don't understand. Even by Hasidim and everything, everyone was like, what? Now Mivtoim with Goim? Like, then we make enough effort to go move into a non-religious community and then, and whatever and deal with it and, and now even like whatever like yes and the Rebbe's answer is yes of course because it's our responsibility truth for many years thousands of years maybe two thousand years since the Hurbon we weren't so much able to influence the going because like you said a word and they would chop off your head therefore there was no democracy civilization wasn't ready for it the humanity wasn't ready for it but now we're in the times of Moshiach we're beginning the process we're at the end of the tunnel we're seeing the light already now it's time for us to take back our place in the world and have and realize that we're big brother to humanity and realize that we're meant to be Orla Goim with the example with the way you talk with the Sheva Mitzvah and with everything with Tzedek Ve'yoyisher to inspire values of, of righteousness and correctness. And if you only try, it's so beautiful. Like the Rebbe says, the world is already ready for Mashiach. It's us, the ones that need to open the eyes. Like, go out there and talk to the people. Like you talk to a Hasid, Fabreng with the, with the, with the guy next door about the values of, okay, you don't have to say Atzilus, but <laughs> you, you can do it with, with, with the values of, of Yiddish, translated. Like, you know, like when the Rebbe talks in the Sikhs to little children, and he says, like, fighting as a chayal in Tzibot Hashem, to be a soldier means that you have to fight. And who are we fighting? Fighting the Yetzirah, which means that when you see a toy, that it's really, really tempting, really good toy, but you know it's not yours, and the owner is not here for you to ask permission, and you don't know if he lets you play with it. So even though you really, really want to play with it, you have to know that that really, really one thing is the Yetzirah, and don't touch your friend's toy. Like, when the Rebbe talks to children, he really translates. He doesn't say, uh, I don't know. The Rebbe talks to children. So you're talking to a guy. Of course, you're going to use your message in a way that the general uh, civilization of humanity can understand. But you just bother yourself two minutes to translate, to interpret the concepts down to earth. And you'll see how beautiful it is. You'll see the spark in the eyes of the people. People are ready. People want the right values of Toido. They just were missing them because for many years they didn't, they weren't ready to accept them. And that's why they were missing it. But now the world wants it. And so now you see yourself as a part of a much bigger team. The team of humanity is your responsibility. You're the coach of the team of humanity. A player, a coach, a fan, each one according to their position. But then there is the fourth level, which is much deeper and wider. That's called Shira Sabrio, the song of the creation. Now you're, it's a whole different league. Now you're not just seeing yourself as part of yourself, your people, or humanity, but the whole entire creation, the whole Brio, every, that's why we find that the Rebbe says, the Rebbe brings about the Baal Shem Tov, that the Baal Shem Tov had Abbas Israel for every single Jew, even those who were not Tzadikim, even the Rishoyim. And then the, and the Rebbe continues, and even for regular human beings, even not even, and even saving the Lahavdil, even with, with, with animals, when the Baal Shem Tov lived in the forest, it says that the Baal Shem Tov would, would like, had a special care and love for the animals, 
and for the plants and the trees. And the Rebbe says that even the Balshemtor's influence was even undoyment so much so that when he would daven with his labus, his tzitzis would like chuckle by themselves. Like in a way that when you're that connected that high, then the whole creation dances to your song. And then nature is also part of Elokus. And then comes Chesides and adds the fifth level. For those who learned in Yonash Al-Teres Chesides will understand what we're talking about. And for those who didn't, you could go ahead and learn it. <laughs> Chesides shows us the fifth level is that when you already reach this level, when you elevated yourself so much that you're into the highest level of Dveikus with Hashem, at that point, you realize that there is no more levels and there were never, there never were any distinctions. You don't see any difference between the four. Now you're not separating between the me, us, everyone, everything. Alevai, like most people we know, like they, 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 they can't erase the line between my own selfishness and anything else, let alone like with the family, if they could, if they manage, if they manage to erase the line of selfishness between themselves and their family, they're already like a, wow, a good person. Let alone with, with the community, with the whole Am Israel, with the whole humanity, with the whole creation. Yes, that's what it means to be with Veikus. That you don't see anymore any any division or any separation. Why? Because Einoid Milvadoi. Because Hashem Echod. Because Shema Yisrael Hashem Echod. There is all one. And we're all connected. For that, you need one of the two. Either you elevate yourself so much, like we've been explaining in these two podcasts, that you elevate yourself to the point of maximum vacus and then you do the shoiv of going all the way back down and realize that there were no divisions and everything is a locus and everything is one. Or you got to be a poshetid. <laughs> and I'll finish with a cute story. A very amazing maise uh, that was told by Reb Simchebunim of Shizcha. He told a story about uh, a Talmud of the Magid. His name was Shmelke from Nikolesburg. And, and the story was that Reb Shmelke was, uh, would learn every night during the night, he would learn in Beis Medresh with Eliyahu Anovi. Yalachabruza with Eliyahu Anovi. Eliyahu Anovi would come and they would learn. And the Shamesh, that, that sometimes was there in the middle of the night, you know, like towards like the morning, it would come to clean and prepare the shul. It was a simple Jew. He would see the, the, the Rebbe learning with, with his chabrusa, and fine, that was a seder. But then one day the shamish comes and he realizes, he sees that there are two people there learning with the Rebbe. And so after he left, he asked the, the, the Rebbe of Shmelke, I'm sorry for the, you know, like curiosity, but who was the second guy? And he says, the second guy, the second guy was Menashe, the son of Hiskio. He's like, whoa, and why, what did he come for? He's like, because, you know, Menashe did Abu Yedezora most of his life, and then he did Tshuva, and then, so he came to me because I was called uh, today, I have to go to a different city, city to, to be part of a base din. Uh, they're making a, a 
uh, a based in for a Jew. There was a story in some Polish city that, that there was a Jew who had a rage of, uh, an attack of rage anti Avoidezora, and he just couldn't stand it anymore. And he went and he destroyed all the Avoidezoras and all the Salems and all the things from the, from the local churches and whatever. And of course, the local going got very, very upset and they ended up beating him, Leoleinu, to death. And when the Almona with the Yesoimim, with the widow and the, with her kids, they, they went to the, to the community to ask for the, the community had a, an organized uh, fund for Yesoimim. So they said, listen, this doesn't include uh, suicidal cases. Like it doesn't include people like provoke themselves to die. We, we can't support that. And, and, and this is pretty close to uh, suicide. Like, I mean, he knew the going would kill him. You can't go to a church in that uh, 300 years ago in, uh, in, in maybe even today, I don't know. You can go and destroy all the away the source that people believe in and then they're gonna be like, okay, that's, uh, that's totally perfect. Of course, they're gonna revenge on you. What did you expect? So there was a machlaikes that arose if whether to pay or not to pay, whether to help this family or not. And they wanted to make a basin and they called the Resmelke to be one of the three Rabonim of the basin. And so Menashe came all the way to him from Shemaim and said, listen, that guy was my Gilgul and he needed to do that for the Tikkun. I needed it. It was part of his avoido. It didn't mean to Hasr Sholem uh, hurt himself or finish him life, his life. He, he had to do that as a part of the Tikkun. He had to give his life for destroying away the Zorah because that was his mistake in the previous Gilgul. And that's why I'm asking you to please consider that when you do the, <laughs> the, um, the Din Torah. That was a story. Now, the most amazing, the most beautiful part of the Maise is the comment of Rabsim Chabunim when he tells a story. He's like, you know what surprises me? That when people tell the story from Shmelke, they talk about the greatness of the tzaddik and the amazing eternal truth that goes beyond time and, and the Gilgulim and then the tzedek that Mishpotecho Tehim Rabo, how Hashem's judgments are based not on now and here, but like eternally before and after and everything and, 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 and they talk about the ruch new spiritual ideas of the story and they forget the main part the main what's the mainness the main miracle the greatness of the story that the poshitei the shamesh was able to see eliawanovi and menashe come from shamayim that's the beauty of the story not the, the, the miracle of the tzaddik not the amazing spiritual truth but the fact that a simple jew with the attitude of happiness and simplicity and loving Hashem with all of his heart, was able to see the deepest and holiest levels of godliness with his eyes in the physical world. And that is basically the idea of Dveikus while being down here. Thank you everyone for listening. Don't forget to forward, to comment, and to sponsor. Thank you very much. I'll see you next week. Be'ez Hashem.